All right, this is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I am your host. Our special guest is Kathy O'Coin. Kathy is a registered ISO 9000 consultant with over 30 years experience in the design, implementation, maintenance, and auditing of quality management and competency-based training systems, and has worked in the pharmaceutical, medical, nuclear, aerospace, manufacturing, and government sectors, among others. As a long-time advocate of cannabis, it was a natural transition to bring her quality knowledge and training design experience to the cannabis sector. Kathy is passionate about educating people on the medical benefits of this plant. And since October 2017, Kathy has been the Director of Quality Operations and Human Resources at Legacy 420, which is an indigenous medical cannabis company located in Tayendanaga, Mohawk Territory, located about two and a half hours east of Toronto, Canada, east of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Excuse me. So, so from Tayendanaga. Oh, wait, no, it's yeah. Tayendanaga, isn't it? It's I was wrong. I apologize, Tyananega. You know what? I got that wrong. And as I said it, I, was, I thought, I, you know, what? I remember Tim, and I was yeah. like, ah, I remember my my first pronunciation of that Naga Nega was was wrong, and that's when I was like, oh, I think I said it wrong that time too. So can you say it for me, please? Tyananega. Tyananega, right on. Tyananega, yeah. So how are Thank things over there? Ah, oh, well, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day here today on the territory. It's actually going to be 17 degrees today. Mm, so we're, a, uh, we're coming warm. out of winter. Sure. <laughs> that's Celsius or Fahrenheit? That would be Celsius. Okay. Right so on. that'd be probably about 23, maybe Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice day. And uh, I hear to the west of us out in Winnipeg, they're getting uh, 80 centimeters of snow so uh, i don't know you do the math it's a lot that's like that's a lot i i so i actually i grew up in michigan and i spent a winter in the upper peninsula of michigan which is you know that's a higher latitude you know it's it's a higher latitude than than uh windsor ontario right yeah yeah and the the folks in the upper peninsula most of them i think really love how much snow they get and it is amazing. It's amazing how much the world can snow. It's crazy. I mean, and it's not crazy, but I think about it. And I'm not having grown up in it. I mean, let me tell you what I saw. I'm driving down the road. And you know how trees have rings, right? They tell the age of a tree by rings. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that kind of concept where you could see where fresh snow had, had fallen. Yeah. The road had, like, cars have driven on the road, sprayed dirty snow, dirty slush all over it. And then there's a then there's a dark ring, and then there's a fresh snowfall. You could see the layers of that going up for feet, right? Going yeah. up for feet, and they had special machines to cut sidewalks out of all this stuff, where you yeah. could see these tree-like rings in the layers of snow and all the all the dirt. And it was, and 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 to me, visiting, knowing that I wasn't going to be there permanently, I was like, because I like warmer weather, I was like, wow, that is that's amazing. That some people are just built to love cold weather. Well, you know, um, yeah, but not all of us, that's for sure. I mean, um, at this time of the year, we're all pretty tired of winter. It does uh, happen. So you're not one of those folks that just thrives in it all the time. Oh, no. Well, you know, and I, I'm uh, in my younger days, I, I did love skiing and, and being outside cross-country skiing and downhill, and, um, but had some accidents and took my knees out. So don't really do that anymore. And yeah, I, um, it's funny, I mean, you talk about that because to me, I love seeing palm trees. <laughs> yeah. I do too. I love yeah, them with Christmas lights on them here. too. I love them with Christmas lights on them. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because I do know people who really love cold weather. Like they, like yeah. the, winter, the outdoor activities, like they don't want to go anywhere warm. Yeah. No, I'm not one of those Canadians. All right. All right. I wasn't one of those Michiganders either. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kathy. So I know we, we know that you uh you you're you're working with Tim Barnhart up at yeah. 420, Legacy 420. But first you started O'Coin Quality Consulting Services. And I want to ask you before we get to what you're doing now, I wanna I wanna ask you about what made you go into quality and 
what made you want to help people improve quality, right? Yeah, very good question. Very good. Um, well, I've always liked organization and systems. And I guess, you know, some people call me anal. Uh, I take that as a compliment because, um, yeah, I like to control things. <laughs> uh, I like to know where information is when I'm looking for it. It's estimated that we spend about 40% of our time during the day looking for information. Um, and if you can cut that down, then obviously your efficiency in the company goes up considerably. So um, I'm also a big picture thinker. I've, I've been blessed with the ability to look at a process and break it down and to be able to describe it so people can understand it. Um, I, I was a former municipal administrator in Northern Ontario, um, Jeepers, oh, a number, I won't even date myself, let's just say it was a number of years ago. And with that uh, position, I was also the public works supervisor. I was the recreation director. It was not a very big municipality. Okay. Um, I was wondering, I was like, there's a lot of hats. Those are some pretty big hats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when we moved in, to, uh, there was 550 people when we moved there, and when we got there, there was 554. So, um, yeah, so I wore all those hats. I, um, I was a dog catcher, recreation director, welfare administrator, um, and it's, it's there that I got into training design um, because I was trying to help people uh, find employment um, versus being on assistance, and there's you know, there were a lot of jobs. So, uh, and I really enjoyed doing that. So I went back to university. I got my uh, certificate in adult continuing education uh, from the University of Manitoba. And um, in 1990, I established O'Coin Quality Consulting Services. Um, I entered into a partnership with uh, an existing consulting company out in Manitoba. And um, during that time, uh, we had a contract with a large company and designing their competency-based training system throughout. It was a, a large global company um, and had been doing that for uh, a couple of years and they liked my work and they were looking at getting into uh, ISO 9001. They wanted to implement a quality management system. And um, I didn't know too much about it at the time, but I really, liked what I was hearing. So they offered to invest in my education in this area and I, and I took them up on it, which was, right on. yeah, uh, I am forever thankful for them for doing that. So, um, so anyway, I took my initial uh, quality management training uh, through correspondence through the um, Sheffield University Management School at a Sheffield, UK. And um, then I went on to study at the uh, University of Manitoba under Dr. Walter Wilborn. He was my mentor and he was, he was, I don't like the titles of guru or expert or anything like that, but Dr. Wilborn definitely was a guru. He knew, and he sat on a lot of the uh, ISO technical committees out of Geneva. So hmm. um he was just an awesome teacher. Um, so for me, it's been a continuous learning journey. You know, I, uh, I went on to, I'm a, I'm a certified internal auditor and an external auditor. Um, I'm also a Prince, it's called Prince 2 certified. Um, and that's projects uh, in controlled environments. Um, so, you know, like a project management professional, but it's, it's more than that. So, yeah, so I took, uh, currently I'm, I'm uh, proficient in uh, well, a number of different standards. So there's the 9001, which is your quality management standard. So that's, that's the system that would run the business. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 9001 is what, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's really, it, you look at it as a business management system. You know, that's where your SOPs are, your organizational charts, your job descriptions. S all okay, right. so now I, now I came out of the military. I heard SOPs, Standard Operational Procedures, yeah. Standard Operating Procedures. Absolutely. Is, so is that something that, that 
because I, I, you know, sometimes, so when I was in, so when I worked in the Coast Guard and we were, I do a lot of work with federal, state and local governments and stakeholders in the ports and acronyms are always a problem, right? So yeah. you're, you're like one of the first people I've heard to actually use that, ex, that, that acronym that isn't military. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. wow, huh? Standard operating procedure. Everybody knows yeah. what it is. Where's my SOP? You know, I, uh, I can remember uh, at one point. So uh, I used to be, when I go into companies, they, they called me the ISO lady, right? I had other names too, but uh, because I, you know, I come in and my job was to help the company improve, to improve the bottom line, to help the company make money, right? Yeah. Um, and making it efficient so that everybody knows what they're doing when they do it, what form they use, what they do if something goes wrong. Um, I often uh, compare it to, because I do a lot of, I used to do a lot of uh, speaking uh, on quality, a lot of, you know, presentations and stuff. And um, often, like, I, you know, I'm a sailor, okay, so. Uh, Wait, you're a sailor? You mean like sailor, like, sailor? Like. Yeah. Like okay, all right. You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're sailing and when you've got your, your sheets all trimmed up and you're, you know, you, you're going, you're going like stinking. Everybody is together and they know what they're doing and you're going that way. So when you think about if you're not, you're just floundering, your sheets are flopping, you're out in the water, you don't know where you're going. So when you have uh, a well-designed implemented and used quality management system everybody is on the same page and you're going like there is no stopping you yeah no i agree that's cool yeah yeah you know i want to ask you something because i think it's uh i think it's a skill to be able to do and i and that's adult education mm -hmm. like like working with adults and it sounds like you know it but just that's just training right that's that's lifelong learning lifelong training yeah. and yeah. the approach to that and the way a lot of people think of education what have you run what have, what have your been experiences with that you know what i mean like the stand have you run into like a traditional like this is a, a perspective that a large group of people have on education and that approach is kind of you know it's not very positive. And then, and then the, per the, the adult instructor has to come in and try to get through a lot of, a lot of barriers and hurdles that are within these adults. So that way they can actually get the information to them. So that way they can actually learn and, be and become closer to trained in the direction that they're going. And that's, that's what I was wondering, like, what's been your experience with that and working with people? Absolutely. Um, you bang on there, Miguel. It's because as adults, um, we all learn differently. Well, everyone, not as adults, everyone learns differently. We're either visual or auditory, right? You have to be either hands-on. You have to be able to identify with each individual how they learn and yeah. tap into that. Yeah. It's not a cookie-cutter approach. It's not like, here's the textbook, here's the assignment, is due in two weeks, right? You know, you have to work with the individual. And because um, we all come with previous preconceived notions, previous experiences, maybe we didn't have a, a good experience in, in school, right? right. All these you presuppositions, know. that's exactly what I'm getting at. All these presuppositions yeah. that, that adult, that we just grow into, right? Yeah. You yeah. got to deal with those and you got you to work with those. And you got to work with those. And, you know, when you, it's really cool, and I talk about, uh, you know, being able to tap into that. And when you see, you, you can almost see the light bulb come on, you know, like when they, somebody actually gets it. And it's like, yes, I've done my Isn't that job. Nice? Yeah, it does feel good, you know. Yeah. And then I always yeah. think I'm like, the, sometimes I'm thinking, because I have kids. I don't, do the, I don't do what you're doing. I got three little guys. I'm thinking, I hope it sticks. I know it's going to stick. I know. <laughs> and that's when I pray. That's when I pray, Kathy. And I say, thank you, Lord, for making it stick. <laughs> Exactly. I hope they remember this one. But yeah, so I, I've, um, it's a combination of everything, all my life experiences, at who I am, really at the core of who I am that I've put all together that's allowed me to do what I do, you know? That's cool. 
And that's yeah. the gift. That's where I heard you say, I, I think you, I think you said gift. I think you use the gift, gift or ability. Yeah. And I've that's blessed with the ability. Yeah. And, and I agree with that about people. Everybody's got them. Nobody's. Yeah. With and it's cool. And it, it's tapping into your strength, what works for you. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, 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 there's an analogy about, uh, you know, in a company, you've got a bus. Okay. And um, you've got all the employees are on the bus. And sometimes we're just not in the right seat on the bus. Okay. So you got to move around to find the seat that works for you. And sometimes you have to stop the bus and free up their future. You know, and sometimes there's just no seat on that bus, but you work with each individual to, to form teams, high functioning teams, right. Based on personalities, who you are, you know, I even go down into, birth sign when you were born um that kind of stuff so it's about you get down to that level huh oh yeah i do i really do i okay. i find out exactly who you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then put people together i know who have either uh similar or opposing skills but need that strength on that team and it it works and that's it does cool. then we move no, that, that that's cool that's very cool that's very cool kathy yeah, yeah. So you've been a longtime advocate of cannabis and you are working with Legacy 420. Mm -hmm. A long time cannabis advocacy. Let's. Okay. Yeah, let's well, start there. Let's start there. Okay. So um, I have uh, one of your questions. Where was it there? Oh, I'm going by your question. Oh, okay, we can go right there. Then I will go verbatim too. We can go verbatim. Cool. All right, here we go. Ready? Was it an easy or difficult decision to have clients in the marijuana or cannabis space? And now, you know, obviously yeah. it's probably pretty easy. <laughs> well, and that's why. Or was it? Now, that's the thing. Some people, some people have that. And it's very real. They have it for the right reason. That career fear. You get associated with something and all of a sudden there's a fear that, that nobody wants to get near you. Absolutely. And I, you know, I got to tell you, um, I wasn't always open and honest about my cannabis use in my career, for sure. I mean, in previous uh, roles, I've had to design uh, anti-substance abuse policies for employees, right? Um, and knowing Phil well that I was using cannabis and that would probably be something they didn't want on site. Right. But, um, so how I got into, it wasn't a difficult decision at all. Like I, um, my husband, I'm originally from Ontario, uh, but I, I lived in Manitoba for a number of years. And in 2003, my husband and I moved back home because my mom and dad were having health issues. So, um, so at that time, in addition to having, you know, uh, various consulting clients, I held a contract position as uh, VP of quality and HR for a, a, a company that was located in Manitoba. And um, when I told them I was going to have to, you know, leave because I had to move back home, they still wanted me to work with them. So uh, for 14 years, I traveled back and forth. I'd spend two years or two years, two weeks in, in Manitoba and two weeks back here at home, back and forth, back and forth, 14 years. Um, so it was around 2016, 2017, they started talking about, um, Canada was talking about looking at legalizing recreational cannabis. And so I knew that um, this was going to be a highly regulated industry and there was going to have to be quality management in it somewhere. So I started studying everything I could. Um, the proposed regulations, the Cannabis Act, um, and looking at, if you know ISO, um, it fits into whatever. It doesn't matter the size of the company. It doesn't matter what a company does, produces, it fits into any company. Okay. So, and knowing that, you know, we'd have to have a, a, a recall traceability. There has to be, you know, looking at a GPP, good production practices, good manufacturing practices. 
And um, so at that time, I when I was back here, I was also working with the local college uh, in corporate training and uh, working with the Indigenous Resource Centre here. So um, through family, I was always aware of Tim Barnhart and Legacy 420. And um, I knew that there was something really special about this company, right? And I also knew that I wanted to get into quality management in cannabis. And I also knew that I wanted to work here. I wanted to work on Tyandonega. Um, I wanted to be working in the sovereign system, not the LP system, not the highly regulated Canadian system. Um, and so looking at the act and the regulations, and then you look at ISO and it's like, okay, that's a globally recognized standard, okay? Mm-hmm. All over the world. Doesn't matter. It's it's instantly recognized. The Cannabis Act and the regulations, there are some things in there that just do not make sense. And so what we did here um, was we pulled out what worked. Okay. So anyway, the I, I knew about Tim and Tim had contacted um, the college to see about he wanted to have a, a Canatech training program developed. So I uh, told my colleague, I said, you know, I'd really like to work there. And he said, oh, Kathy, you'd be really good. You'd be really good for them. So we uh, came, we set up a meeting with Tim to come out and talk about his training program. And at the end of the meeting, I just, I, I said, you know, I'd, I'd be honored to work with you. And I slid my resume across the table. And then after that, I felt bad. It's like, I shouldn't be doing that. I, that's not me anyway. Uh, he called me the next day. <laughs> and uh, asked me to come down for an interview and um, offered me the position. Um, we shook hands at it, on it, and he went out. He said, I'll be right back, went out, came in, and we smoked a joint together. <laughs> and that was, that was the most different interview I've ever had. And uh, I knew that I, had, I was home and that I'd found my happy place. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. I'm very honored to work here. Very honored. Right on, right on. So it was not a hard choice. Not a hard choice at all. But I got it when I uh, when I handed in my resignation from the other position, and I told them where I was going. There were a lot of shock faces around the table for sure. Yeah, um, they understand now. But yeah, because there was a few people that did understand, but some of them were like, well, "You're doing what?" <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. So that's cool. Anyway. Yeah, I've been oh, that's here a cool now. story. That's a very uh, cool story. Yeah, and I've been here. I started in um, the fall of 2017. So I had to transition out of a, all those other things. So I actually uh, came on board full time in February of 2018. Right on. Right yeah. on. Right on. All right, Kathy. Now you, you we're gonna go. We're gonna go straight by the list. I'm gonna honor your your desire to go straight by the list of questions here. Okay. <laughs> no, you can this do whatever you want, Miguel. I'm 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 fluid. I don't I'm playing around that. too, Kathy. You know I'm playing around too. And this because this next question, the reason why I said that is because this next question is 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 a moot point now because yeah. It was a question is do you use marijuana? Why or why not? <laughs> yeah. And this well, is based and- on this is based on uh uh other things. Yeah. Well, and in answer to that, yes, I do. And I have used cannabis since I was about 13 years old. No kidding. Um, no, I am not kidding. 13. About 13 is when wow. I, I think I might have smoked my first joint with, uh, you know, I was either at school or with my brother. I'm not sure. One of the two. But, um, and at that point, it was definitely, it was definitely a recreational thing, you know. But um, as I got older, I realized that you know, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of my career, you know, I was doing a lot of public speaking and I was, I was nervous. I was nervous to stand up in front of crowds and speak. And, and I found, uh, you know, just anxious. And uh, I found if I, you know, smoked a joint or had a little bit of a vape before then, I, it really took that anxiety away and I wasn't nervous. I love to talk. So, you know, if, as long as I know what I'm talking about, I'm golden. So. Right on. Um, yeah. But I also, um, you know, you flash forward to 2000 and I was diagnosed with uh, stage four cervical and uterine cancer. 
So um, during that time, uh, I used cannabis. Um, it was the most effective thing for nausea, for pain, uh-huh. sleep. Um, today, that's why I use is that, it. Is that, use is that nausea from the cancer itself or from the chemotherapy? From treatment, yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I mean, your whole body's turned upside down, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a harsh, it's a harsh treatment. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I know people do it. It's just very hard on the body. You already, you know it. Yeah. Yeah. So today I, um, I use cannabis in a number of different forms. You know, I mean, I use, I uh, take a gummy every night for sleep. Um, and when, and it's about a 20 milligram gummy, it's not, you know, super high dose or anything, but. Um, what that does is it keeps me sleeping. So if I, I find if I don't take that gummy, my mind goes because my mind does flow charts when mm-hmm. my eyes flow. Gotta shut that stuff off sometimes, uh, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember how you started this. You you said you were very detailed oriented and and that was the ability. And then there's then there's the downside. <laughs> All right, you know. I don't know, yeah. you think it's a downside or do you think we make it a downside? Do you think we, do you, you know what I, I mean? Because it's ability or do we, do we, do we, uh, do we go in that direction on our own? Cause I don't know if there's a downside to, I can't say there's a downside to that ability you've got. You know what I mean? Well, I really, I've, I've, yeah, I've learned, well, I know that it's wow. Like I, I can, and I, I don't even know if I'm sleeping, but I know when I wake up in the morning, I've figured out that problem or, that process or that solution, right? So and, I, you're talking about like you were thinking. So, so like you're, you're in bed, you're laying down, your 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 mind's still going. You're thinking about you're thinking about these these problems you're trying to solve, and then you eventually fall asleep, and then you wake up. You're actually like, okay, I think I got this. I think I got a good yeah. idea. And how do we go forward? That's yeah. cool. I get what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and I don't, you know, I've learned to. Uh, I don't stress over it. I like if I don't can't sleep. I know that I'm resting uh, and I'll eventually, you know, sleep when I'm dead, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kathy. All right. Cause now we're now this is exactly where I was going to go next. I was going to say during these moments, do you pray to any, to any, do you believe in anything? Do you, do you believe in, in something more than this material life when you're having those moments when you're asleep and you're like, and you're not, we're not going to sleep, but you're, you're trying to get to sleep. Yeah. And, and I think this resonates with a lot of people because a lot of people have poor sleep. A lot of people take sleeping pills. A lot of people drink a lot of alcohol to get to bed. A lot yeah. of people self-medicate this stuff all the time, every day. So I think it's something a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Sleep is important. And that's why I was wondering, because I know sometimes people are in so much pain, they, like they can't sleep for very long and they're crying out for help. And now I'm not yeah. saying you were, but I'm saying... When when you're when you were going through this with cancer and and all these things, were were you uh, did you believe in a supernatural power or were you raised with a supernatural power belief in a belief in a uh, life after this life or religion? I I believe I believe in a higher power. Okay. I um I'm a very spiritual person, uh, not so much a religious person. Um, I grew up without any real formal religion in our household, but I was very curious. I wanted to know, well, of course it was, that's who I, you know, so I, uh, I can remember tagging along to various churches with various friends and or relatives just to see what that was all about, you know, and I've, uh, you know, I studied Buddha and I, uh, just curiosity, natural curiosity. Um, the thing that, makes the most sense to me um, is um, the seven grandfather teachings, the indigenous of respect and honesty, bravery, humility, truth, and wisdom. Those are the things in our life. Okay. And to me, spirituality, it involves, um, love, compassion, wisdom, truth. You know, I, um, one of your questions was, do you think there's a free ride? Um, yeah, you want to do that? Yeah. So, I'm going to ask that, meaning, uh, 
do you believe in a so the question is do you do you, is this life a free ride and that question is meaning uh do you believe in a life after this life and if you do is there some form do you think that there is some form of payment that's due upon death okay well um i don't believe that there is a free ride in life um i also believe that there is something after this life and that our spirit remains but um where it goes i don't know <laughs> i uh i don't believe that there is a payment to do upon death um but uh, i think that there must be some kind of accountability um for who you were or what you did um you know like the saying of treat others as you would treat yourself or do unto others as you would have done to you. Um, that's what I believe in. Do I pray? I pray, but I don't say, hey, God, you know, I just throw it out there to the universe. Uh, ask for help for my people or whatever. Yeah. So are you, are you, in, do you have a, are you part indigenous in your ancestry or what are in your my ancestry? Yeah. Way back. Um, I also have, uh, I've always been, um, surrounded by indigenous people, family and friends. Uh, I grew up in the culture. I worked, well, I worked in the North a lot with a lot of different, uh, bands and a lot of different people and count a lot of people as my friends. So, um, yeah, I truly, I tend to fall more with the indigenous way of thinking than with anything else. What is, what, that's cool. I get it. I do. I understand. What, uh, what are the other parts of your ancestry? Well, um, my mom was um, Scottish and English. And my dad was native and French and my grandmother, my, on my dad's side, my dad's side was native and my grandmother's side was French. Um, but going back, like this is way back, way back, not enough to count, but enough that it's in me. And uh, yeah. Right on, right on. So, Kathy, mm -hmm. you think that the universe and all the life in it is a result of a series of accidents? Or is there an intelligent designer? Ooh. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, this is, a, I mean, this is quite, a, quite a plant that, mm -hmm. that complements the human body as well as every mammal's body that has a endocannabinoid system and it's pretty impressive i think that so i'm curious to hear what what you think i don't believe that um we are here because of a series of accidents um you mean like kind of like the big bang theory well, whatever you call it, whether you, whether you, I call it creation, right? I call it creation. I've, and yeah. there have been people who have uh, identified a, an explosion of uh, fossil types around the Precambrian era that looks a lot like creation. And Genesis, Genesis refers to, I could pull it up and read it, but there's something there. There's a watery void there before land came. Right before before all that stuff, Genesis is is a it's a it's an amazing book. It's it's very complex and sophisticated, but it's also like simple enough for a child to understand. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I read Genesis, I there's a lot of complexity in the first in the in all of it really. So when I when I look at it, I'm like mm, you know. And there are Christians who believe in evolution. There, there yeah. are a lot of Christians who believe that. Yeah, I believe in in Jesus and and the Judeo Christian worldview, but I think it became about. I think it came about by evolution. So that that's yeah, kind of that's I what I'm getting agree. at. It's like because you could you know some people 
some people have a lot you know a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts on things you know we yeah. probably we think about this stuff yeah we do and uh, you know um when you look at it um you think about everything has a soul or a spirit trees rocks they're alive they're living things everything is living things so um you know whether it's uh there's different theories because you look at yeah i i what's flashing through my mind right now is a picture that i've seen where you know it starts off it's like it's just a little amoeba and then the next thing you know is you've got this to you've got an upright walking person you know <laughs> so evolution it sounds like yeah. sounds like you're pointing at evolution exactly okay so i think it's evolution all right all right now do you think it's evolution by way of an intelligent designer because that's kind of what it sounds like you may be you know what i mean kind of like a christian who believes in in christ but thinks something similar to it like they, they believe that this world's not an accident but it came about by evolution is that what you're getting at because i believe in the creator there's a creator okay. okay yeah yeah gotcha right on right on all right so Kathy, it's cold up there. It's cold up there. I know it's cold up there, and I know it's you. Not I know it's you, beautiful today. You, I know, I'm not saying it's not beautiful at all. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not beautiful at all because I see, I see. You know, I, I Sherry Bennett is the one who introduced me to you and to Tim and a number of other people, and I'm really thankful for that. And sometimes, like when when I when you came on the line today, it was kind of like because we had already communicated with with the previous episode or Tim's episode, so it was kind of like I already kind of knew you. And it was kind of kind of was like it's it's nice, it's really nice. And I did grow up in Michigan, as I was saying, Michigan, so as I was saying, so it's like I can relate to the cold. But you're not one of those folks who really loves the cold, right? Like all the way around. So what what is it? Is it what is it that keeps you living there? You know what I mean? Oh, that's what I'm. Uh, going. That's where I'm going. Like, what is it oh, about? I gotcha. Okay. Well, I guess for me, it's it's exactly where I'm living. Like right now, I'm living with my husband in the house that I grew up in. No kidding. No kidding. And we live in the bush. So you're out in the out in the country, huh? Out in the country, uh, nobody's around us. It's it's been very very easy. Do you have electricity? Do you have electricity? Pandemic. Yeah. Do you have electricity? Uh, we do. We also have a generator because our electricity will go out. Um, you know, we're surrounded by trees. Uh, I don't, our house that we live in is, um, I think it's about 187 years old this year. Wow. Like yeah. Uh, we call her the old doll. <laughs> it's like, but, um, years old. The, we're surrounded by springs so in the uh in the springtime um actually pretty much in the wintertime as well we have water running uh under our house constantly like so we can never leave there um because it would get flooded out but besides that uh it's very peaceful so for me when i was traveling a lot of traveling i come home and that's what keeps me grounded that's very much so and the beautiful man that i live with as well so that's right, on. Yeah. right on and that's what i was wondering because you know it's kind of like a lot of people nothing's perfect we all we all try to be where we where we're most comfortable where we enjoy it the most and and there's going to be some things that we don't like about everything you know it's going to happen yeah. so it's like what is it that makes us endure that and that's a cool story of why you endure the bitter cold of that tundra up there. <laughs> right. so I couldn't help it. Have... I couldn't help it because it's cold. I grew up in Michigan. I, I know it's, it's cold. cold. You guys are even it's you're even cold. further north, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like our, and you know we're not even as cold as some parts of Canada right here. We're in southern Ontario or southeastern Ontario, I guess. But, um. You know, we can, and again, I'm talking in Celsius, but it, it all equals out at one point. So, you know, our average temperature in the winter can be anywhere from minus 17 to minus 35. 
like somewhere in around there. It's usually about minus 23 to minus 25. Um, it's not as bad as some parts, uh, for sure. But yeah, we burn wood to keep to keep warm. <laughs> now that I do miss. You know what? I do miss that. I really yeah. miss because I grew up with a wood stove and a fireplace. And yeah, I would chop wood like my day. Yeah, I, I I do really miss that. That was really yeah. cool. And uh, it's nowhere near as cold as it is up there. But sometimes here in Tampa Bay, believe it or not, Kathy, it gets cold enough where I want a fire in my house. <laughs> and I, I do, uh, <clears throat> that's really cool. I know that uh, I, I had some work down in Florida for quite a while. So I know that area. Yeah. Right on. So you let me ask you about 420. What are you guys doing with 420? What do you guys got going on with 420? Well, um, you know, let me uh, here at uh, at four twenty. Um, one of the things we were talking about was, um, you know, our clientele uh, here. Uh, most of our clientele are fifty five plus. Um, our oldest customer is well, she was one hundred and three. Uh, one hundred and three. Yeah, and now our oldest customer is ninety nine. Okay. Um, so. You know, we uh, we treat a lot of people, um, and and a lot of people come here because they've been recommended. Um, we've been recommended to them either by friends. Um, we have doctors that recommend patients to us. We have uh, PSWs. We also work with what are uh, PSWs? Uh, personal support workers. Okay. So um, and and lots of massage therapists as well. Uh, and vets, um, we work with the vets and, and the military too. So um, we've been working on um, FICO, on full, fully extracted cannabis oil. And we put FICO in everything. <laughs> we, um, so there's within the cannabis plant um, through the extraction, you want to look at having as much of the plant, the goodness of the plant. So you'll hear things talked about isolate and a distillate or a full extraction. And uh, fully extracted is where you want to be because it, <clears throat> excuse me, it provides all the benefits of the cannabinoids that are in the plant. And there's numerous ones. So we are just beginning to find out some of the beneficial properties of the different cannabinoids. And uh, it, it, it truly is an amazing plant. It, it really is. It's, it's a refound medicine, you know? So, um, and I know that people have talked to you previously about, you know, the endocannabinoid system and within us and that we have the, the receptors, but the pet, this plant truly was made for us. It is a natural plant medicine. I agree. I agree all the way, Cassie. So I got a question for you. So you said full extract cannabis oil, and and I'm using something like that down here in Florida at the dispensary that I go to. And now my understanding of it, I'm just making sure that I have the correct understanding of it. And that's basically you're getting a more comprehensive profile of everything that is in that plant. Correct? Correct. All right. 100%. And why? You'll you'll have heard um, like you know, so you'll have heard probably of Rick Simpson oil, yep. RSO. So when you let, that's really a brand name. Like when you think like Kleenex, you know, or a Xerox. Yeah. Right. So but everybody uses really, it. That RSO yeah. acronym is everywhere. It's across brands. Exactly. And it's just a brand really. Cause really what that is, is FICO, fully extracted cannabis oil. Yeah. Hmm. You're getting right. all the benefits of the plant in there. So. Right on. I like, I, I, I use the oil too. I think the oils, I, I, it's great. Oh and yeah. It's, it's effective. And, uh, it's <clears throat> like I said, I don't have a baseline for me, for, for my experiences with it. I don't have any clinical trials or anything like that, but. Well, that's what we do. We keep, uh, we keep abreast of all the studies that are going on out there in the, in the clinical trials. And right on. You know, um, we've got quite a network of uh, very uh, in tapped, uh, tapped in, knowledgeable people. Um, so we don't do this on our own by any means. You know, it, it requires a village <laughs> for sure. Um, but 
can you, can you, can you, can, I mean, can you expand a little bit like on the quality side of things? Expand in which way? Like, uh, like for 420 products. Okay. So here at uh, Legacy, um, all our products are natural. They're all made in house. Um, we have uh, seed to sale traceability, which means we know uh, where the seed came from, what ground it's going into, what is being used on it. We don't use any chemicals or pesticides, uh, unlike um, the fully regulated system out there, which is mandated to See, use that, pesticides. It's that's weird. Isn't that me, awful? Right? I mean, <clears> that's that's really weird to me. Yeah, especially when you have, you know, people with uh, comprised immune systems, and I mean, just you know, now you're adding different. It just doesn't make sense, Miguel. Give them the option to go without it, and then and it's yeah. kind of like and in Florida, you can't even grow it, so it's kind of like you're 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 you have access to it you have legal access to it so that's great but it's it's you can tell that it's done with like a very narrow uh very narrow scope of of um of how i just put it like that it's done in a very narrow scope I was yeah. Like that. yeah you can definitely tell the difference between the product let's just say yeah. that for sure and we um so here at legacy we we also have a a fully equipped lab so everything that we make um, follows a batch formulation sheet, which is a recipe, really. And um, so once the product is made, then it's tested to make sure that it it is meeting spec because we are 100% uh, what you buy here at Legacy is what's on the label is in the bottle or in the product. So if it says 50 milligrams, you're getting 50 milligrams. We are also very aware of uh, packaging requirements. So, you know, right now there's a, a big controversy going on here because there's a lot of products out in the, uh, you know, we, we're the red market. We're not the illegal market. We are the red market. Okay. Now they so, say red because of what? The skin? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Native. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, asked, I asked that because... I hear the term black market being used less and less. It's legacy yeah. or traditional. That's right. But when you yeah. said we're the red market, that made me go, huh, that's interesting. That's right. We're the native market. This is okay. the red market, right? So um, so what you find is um, a, lot of, a lot of products out there which we'll call the black market, okay? Or it'll, they're selling stuff that, is appealing to kids so in the packaging like they're selling like they look like oreo cookies the packaging looks like oreo cookies or stuff and 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 it's a that's a big deal like that's not right and kids are ending up in the hospital because they you think see, they're eating oreo cookies you're saying on the on the on the recreational side or on the on the canadian side on the canadian federal side in the recreation these things are being allowed to be sold to, on to, the no, not in the federal side, in the illegal market. Oh, oh, okay, 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 gotcha. All right, because yeah. we don't. Ah, okay, I'm following you. <clears throat> we are not illegal. We don't consider ourselves to be illegal. We are the red market. We are the sovereign market, right? But out there, so what happens is, and we test, we pull products in and test them, um, just for that very reason, because you know, there's there's some claims out there you know you can get buy a chocolate bar that's got like 5,000 milligrams in it right like first of all no dose should ever be that high um in a chocolate bar in a in something that somebody's going to eat and typically when we bring it in and test it we find out that really there's maybe only 50 milligrams in it right so very much false advertising but also so if I'm somebody who's bought something out there and say it's a thousand milligrams and it's labeled as a thousand milligrams, but really there might only be a hundred in it. And I've eaten that thing and Hey, I, you know, it didn't really affect me all that much. I come over here and I buy a hundred milligrams. You're going to feel it. It's quite different. Right. So, um, our, one of our big roles is to educate, 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 let people know, um, educate them about the cannabis plant and about dosage and usage and, and also to advocate in this space for the indigenous cannabis industry. 
Right on. That's cool. So I know talking with Tim and uh, talking with Sherry also that you can, and, and you know better than I do. So if I don't say this right, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Canadian federal government moved forward with, with medical and recreational without even consulting the indigenous groups. That, that 100% was that, true. Yes, absolutely. So they say they did, but they didn't. Okay. Not at all. So now the reg, the different now how how do how do you guys interact and you guys recognize each other and and just coexist or in terms of in terms of the in the cannabis industry like okay so in the in terms, we uh, right now we uh, coexist we kind of coexist so if you look at you know each nation um, has their own cannabis regulation um, a lot of them are. Um, led by the um, elected chief and council. Um, and then other just have cannabis regulations that they put into place. So um, it's each nation is different. Right now we have a we have a, a nation and nation wholesale program. So we distribute our products across Canada actually to First Nation dispensaries. Right on. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, let's just say Canada knows who we are and we know who they are. So, um, and we invite anybody to come in and, and take a tour and see who we are and what we do. Uh, we're very proud of what we are. And we know that um, we have a safe tested product and we have the process and procedures in place and we follow the regulations that make sense to us and we abide by uh, ISO 9001 for the company and ISO 17025 for the lab. Right on. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's in, it is an interesting thing. It, it's, it's interesting when you put all these, when you put politics and demographics and history into all this stuff and you start walking it out and it's kind of like, wow. And then you have a situation that you, you experienced in Canada with, with how those things were rolled out. And it's just really interesting to observe. It's like, wow, this is pretty wild. I mean, you guys are doing some really big stuff over there. And like you said, just like quality matters. And, and that's where, that's where I'm, I'm glad for, this is where it ceases where I'm like, I'm not complaining to the state of Florida because I think they're trying to, they're trying to give people, you know, uh, a reliable product, you know, they're trying to do that. But and, and, and I applaud that because when I hear about what you said, like you, people go there and they're, they're got all these crazy advertisings and stuff like that. That's not good for any no. industry, right? That's bad for any industry. Yeah. And that's where regulation can help people change their mind about something. Yeah. At the same time, it can be overregulated and, and, and no, not overregulated. I should say overregulated in the, in the, to the point where, the, the end product has been almost all the good stuff has been leached out of it. And you almost have a shell of what it used to be. And they say, here's what we want everybody to have. See, that's not good either. Right. No. That's horrible. Right. And we, we call it, uh, we call it dead medicine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, we, we bring samples in and test them and we, uh, we plate them. So, you look at anything's got microbes that's got you know something you're going to get something growing on something okay so we take uh we've tested flour that we've got out of the uh, lp system um and nothing grows on it it's dead it's like it's been irradiated it's you know full of pesticides mm. uh, you open up the bag it smells bad it's Yuck. Sorry. No, I get <laughs> it. I get it. Because it matters. It's like you wouldn't eat food like that. You wouldn't eat food like that, right? Exactly. exactly. Same thing. You wouldn't buy a you wouldn't buy a you wouldn't buy a bouquet of flowers that look like that. So why is it okay to right. sell this to other people? You know, that's the and, difference. And that's it. And sadly, you know, for a lot of people, that's their only choice, right? Like you just said, you you're not allowed to grow in Florida, right? So you can't even get a good plant you have to buy it from that store so yeah. you get what you get so 
and also here at, at Legacy, I mean, we we realize how lucky we are. We have the ability to, you know, we have some very highly qualified people, um, of formulation, extraction, and in the lab, and we're able to develop products on the fly. Um, you know, like we have a, a weekly meeting with the team, and that's where we throw out some ideas and. Yeah, next thing you know, it's we can have a product to market in sometimes less than two weeks. That's cool. Yep. See, I, I think you guys, I think I do think you guys have a pretty cool work environment there in terms of like the team dynamics and what you guys are doing. And like you said, like the analogies you gave of being on a bus and going in a direction and you're all oh no no it was not the bus it was the uh the sailing the sailing, sailing. Analogy. yeah all, yeah all working the sails equally and you're yeah. all trying to get them you're trying to get them pitched just right so that way it captures the wind so it carries you yeah. even further and that's cool that's 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 evident when i talk to, to when i talk to you about what you guys are doing in legacy 420 and that's cool because when i talk to sherry about it too and we communicate here and there same thing and, and i see tim's stuff all over yeah. social media he's a social media machine oh my goodness isn't he yes oh absolutely goodness. he's got such an amazing mind too you know it's yeah so, uh, i really respect his mind you guys are coming from a comprehensive approach and i think that's pretty cool i think it's pretty cool thank you yeah you're welcome kathy you're very welcome hey is there anything else you want to share with everybody before we wrap up well, um, about anything, I, it can be legacy uh, for 20, you, anything about life, life after death, payment, karma, whatever you might believe. I don't know. And you can ask know. me a question. You got to ask Listen, me. Hey, I heard not too long ago. Here's a good one. I heard not too long ago that, you know, that last word that you just said, which one? And don't say it again. Okay. But that you're not supposed to say that yeah. because. If it is meant to happen, it will happen. That's the let, that's the word that started with K. The the karma. So why can't you say it though? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, what's that? Like, I found it strange. I read this thing about it was a book about karma. And okay. it said that, you know, if you mention karma, then somehow you disrupt karma. Hmm. Kind of deep. I think we got to read some more on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't mean any disrespect at all. I don't. I don't believe in the karma. I don't believe in the karma. No, I. And I think that's where I'm coming from as well. You know, I. I I've never used that. Like, oh, karma's a bitch, and it'll get me. You know, like, yeah. No, it, it's then. Then it's kind of like you put actually, out is what you get back. Yeah. Then in and if you, it, it's a, it's a well. There's a lot of ways, just like a lot of different terms from religions and from worldviews and from cultures that change, right? So if you if we asked a practicing Hindu what karma means, their yeah. answer is going to be completely different from not completely different. I won't yeah. say, I, won't, I won't go that far, but their understanding of it, if depending and and here's the thing, it's like also like assuming that if I ask a Christian what about uh, what about the Holy Spirit? What do they understand about the Holy Spirit? That their understanding of it may not be there. So I can't say that 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 a practice. I would I would presume that a practicing per, a person practicing a religion would understand it and be able to answer those kinds of questions, right? So that's why I say that when it comes to karma, I, I think a lot of people pull it out when it's kind of like somebody did something bad to me and all of a sudden you yeah. stubbed your toe and it's like, hi, that's karma. Gotcha. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it's where like an overused term. It's like, yeah, but I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. And, it, and it's, um, you know, it's subject to interpretation by the person. Sometimes. Right. Especially because we do a lot, many of us, and I've done it for, I mean, we take pieces of these different worldviews. Yeah. And we borrow yeah. from them. Right. And then we yeah. create a tapestry of it. And, and it's all too what you've experienced in your life, right? It, all that stuff matters, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you said, we're, we're all individuals. We're like we're all human beings with with, and this is where, this is where, uh, this is where, I kind of this is why one of the reasons why I don't believe in karma is because I do believe in that personal relationship with our Maker and our Redeemer, and the idea of karma kind of sounds like you're in a mill. And 
if you make the wrong choices, you go down that chute of the mill. Or if you make these other choices, you go down this chute of the mill. And there's a yeah. bunch of and there's a bunch of other people in this mill with you, and it's just like a machine. And yeah, it, it's there's no relationship in that. You no. know what I mean? There's, there's no, I don't see any love in it. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not I'm just, it's just my opinion, right? I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm saying this is why, this is why I believe what I believe. I don't, I don't see any love in it and I don't see any relationship in it. It's, it's just constant striving. <laughs> this what becomes, and then, you know what? And, and I'm not making fun. It's just like, oh boy. But you know what? A lot of Christians live that way too. Mm-hmm. They live, and, they live and, with the and same type of mindset. You know, back to the principles of love, respect, honesty, yeah. right? Truth. That kind of and, and it was interesting you, you made a Truth comment matters. about you know, we're all we're all unique individuals, right? Everybody's different. And also that applies to cannabis. Okay. So what will work for me may not work for you. I agree. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree, right? And that's just it. Yeah. It's not it's not a silver bullet. It's not for everybody, but it certainly can help a lot of people. And absolutely. It, and, and this is where it's something it's like something that has that kind of impact off such a wide percentage of human beings and yeah. and all mammals. Absolutely. We have it's, a really good pet line and I, you know, uh, we had a, a dog. Uh, sadly she's passed away now but she um she was 17 years old when she passed and she had been on cbd for oh gosh i think maybe six years or so like she was getting kind of stiff and arthritis and um when we took her to the vet they said that because of that she had these uh, about three of her last years they called them bonus years she was in her bonus years because of that so you know, every day we see examples of how this plant helps. And, you know, just coming back to it again, I'm, I'm very honored to be doing what I'm doing. And, yeah. That's I'm cool. Happy. It's cool. You know, it's cool to meet people whose, whose abilities and what they've done with them in life line up, right? Because yeah. so many people who, who don't have a career and, and I don't whether it's vocation, career, whatever it is. Yeah. It's a way in life. It's a way in life. You know, all those adjectives, all those terms, you know, sometimes they don't hit the, the nail on the head. It's a way of life. When you see somebody's life and their abilities in sync, it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And, and, they're, yeah. and they're doing it to help people. They're doing it to help people and you're doing it for quality and you're doing it yeah. with quality medical cannabis in a situation that isn't always easy to sort out or figure out. No, no. And you, you know, we are all aware um, here that when people come in, they're dealing with some type of pain. Some, yeah. Something is, has brought them here, whether it be a physical, uh, mental pain, whatever it may be. So, um, and it's, it's our job to try to help them. And, you know, one of the things I had mentioned earlier about our clientele, you know, being 55 plus the majority of them anyway, you know, somebody will, we see way too often, somebody has a, a problem sleeping. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they go to their doctor and the doctor prescribes them this pill for that. Well, and then there's a side effect to that. So the doctor prescribes them that pill to, work on that side effect. And the next thing you know, they've got about 17 different prescriptions, right? Um, when really the root cause was they were having trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. And uh, Exactly, right? <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, it's like, uh, and, and one of the other things too, we do know and we know it works and we, we know it works very well um, is um, using cannabis to help people get off opiates. And we are in a crisis situation across this country um, on the rise of opiate overdoses. And so here at Legacy, we try to, as much as you can, we donate product out to those substitution programs, which are located um, you know, on the West Coast in Vancouver, on the East Coast, and in the middle of the country. 
Um, so, in these yeah. substitution programs, these are basically people on um, people turning in their opiates or whatever narcotics and taking marijuana in exchange for that. Yeah, yeah, and handing it out to them. Um, like one of the guys that we work with out uh, in Vancouver, his name's Neil Magnuson, and if you haven't talked to Neil, you should. He's okay. an amazing man, and um, he's been he's been running this program uh, for a number of years, and you know being kicked out of places and shut down and i think he's in his van right now uh but he he helps a large number of people um so yeah and we know that so it's it is effective and we've also we've had people here at work uh who have previously been addicted to opiates and um you know working with them got them off that and they're just using cannabis now so that's cool it that's, is cool. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, I think it's really cool that you guys are, and then cool sounds corny, but it's really loving that you guys are trying to help other people. Get yeah. Better. And again, thank you. Yeah. Like we said, we're, you know, everyone here is uh, very honored to do what we do for sure. We know why we're here. Right on. Right on. All right. Well, this is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. Our special guest is Kathy O'Coin. She's the Director of Operations, oh, excuse me, Quality Operations and Human Resources at Legacy 420, an indigenous medical marijuana dispensary in the Mohawk, Tyendinaga, Naga, Tyendinaga. You got it. Which one, Naga? Naga, Tyendinaga. Tyendinaga territory which is about two and a half hours out of toronto ontario canada thank you very much for your time kathy thank you very much love you all thank you very much miguel it's been a pleasure thank you kathy see ya <laughs>